welcome to another episode of And All Shall Be Well. I am your host, Megan Rohr, and today's episode is one that features one of my dear friends, Pastor Susan Strauss, who is both a reverend and a doctor of ministry, and someone who deeply cares about her own personal faith, but also has spent their life learning about the faiths of others, celebrating interfaith space, and developing new conversations. Susan is someone who has walked the walk and does not feel like they're the expert at the end of the trail who's going to impart a whole bunch of guru wisdom. Instead, Susan is someone who is interested in cultivating the spark inside of others and participating in the rituals with other communities that help to make this world a more peaceful space and a more loving space and a kinder space. Not because Susan has figured out how to be all those things and can check it off her own to-do list, but because being a work in progress is something that she's okay with and she's willing to be a work in progress with others too. Hi, everybody. I am Susan, Susan Strauss. I'm the pastor at Lutheran Church of the Good Shepherd in Burlingame, California, also um, known, at least to me, as the interfaith pastor, very involved in interfaith activities, a member of the multi-faith, Peninsula Multi-Faith uh, Coalition in uh, California. That's me. And will you, will you tell people who might not have met you before some of the intersections that you embody and and feel comfortable talking about on a recorded podcast some of the intersections um well intersection of the lutheran church and the rest of christendom and uh religion in the world that sometimes is a little bit uh come bumps up against uh, things sometimes but i uh tried to navigate that um, being Christian in an interfaith um, world. So I'm at that intersection. And the intersection as a, um, as a straight cisgender um, woman, my pronouns are, are she and, and her and hers, uh, but married to a trans woman. And so um, there are, I don't think there are any labels for me, <laughs> but uh, which is kind of cool, but live in that um, intersection as, as well. Um, let's see, intersection of pet world and human world. <laughs> so, I don't know what else. What I'm glad else? you showed the cat because for those who are watching, um, with a video, it looked like yeah. you had a tail there for a second. We share. Yeah. We share. <laughs> You yeah. mentioned that you dance in the interfaith world, and, and my experience of you over the years is that that is something that brings you wellness and yeah. and helps you explore different ways to kind of be present in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, would you be willing to share a little bit about how you're, um, even though you're very rooted in your own kind of personal kind of space of being a Lutheran, how dancing in these interfaith worlds has, mm -hmm. has led your wellness journey? Yeah, um, definitely. Um, I, I'm sure everybody 
knows that whatever job you have, even if you totally love your job, there are things about it that maybe drive you crazy or hard, hard sometimes. So I find that being in the interfaith world is a way for me to kind of get out of that other, get out of the church zone and, and into another space where I can I operate in a, a completely, not completely, but sort of different arena. So that, that actually is a, a wellness thing for me because it gives me joy. Um, and, and you know, I'm not in charge. <laughs> and um, it's just a really, to me, makes me very happy when people of all different traditions can come together and work together and respect one another. I mean, really, it's, it's the, the vision of, um, you know, beloved community, at least here on, on this, in this life, um, that we can all be on the same page, not agreeing with one another in doctrine and, you know, things like that, and that's okay. But in terms of creating peace in the world and peace among people of, of differing races, traditions that, you know, across the board. So to me, that is just um, a place that I just thrive thrive because uh, I mean right we all are struggling under this burden of uh, a war wars in the world and um, fear and anxiety over our own country and, our, and politics right just listening to the news we have to limit the amount that we uh, take in some of this stuff we want to be aware and know what's going on but to keep hearing it over and over again can be very debilitating so what can we do to kind of get out of that doom loop so for me getting into a being in a place where people are creating peace working for peace um, on the local level global level the whole the whole shebang so to me that's definitely a, a wellness thing it's good for my body it's good for my soul so I, I enjoy doing it very much. Yeah. And I understand uh, you've written a new book about interfaith conversation and loving neighbors. Would you tell people about it? I certainly will. It just came out and um, it is my interfaith neighbor and it's for children actually. And it's, it talks about um, different traditions and it's from a child's perspective of going to a neighbor's house, a neighbor who is of a different tradition than themselves. So for instance, going to visit their their Jewish friend's family, uh, this child has been invited to um, celebrate um, Hanukkah or, you know, uh, Passover or, or whatever. So anyway, that's that's what it's about. And kind of hopefully giving giving people, children, parents, everybody, the idea that you can participate to an extent in the traditions and rituals of other other religions. Of course, you want to be respectful. Um, but when you're invited to participate, say, in a Passover Seder, um, you can ask questions. You know, what's that about? What do I do? Um, what do I have to do? Do I have to say anything? All the things that might make you nervous. What, what should I wear? But, you know, ask your questions, but take, go, go and experience. And then perhaps think about what you can invite uh, your friends of different uh, faiths to come and participate with you wherever you are um, involved. So that's what the book is about. Um, it's very, very small, very short, very nice children's book to help start thinking about, um, hmm, maybe I could invite my friend to come to church with me, 
or maybe when my friend invites me to come to a Ramadan iftar, I can I go. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what it's about. It's for kids, but I think anybody could read it. And maybe if you've never thought about it before, maybe this is an opportunity for you to say, oh, maybe I could do that. Yeah. Well, I liked it because it presented the people of different faiths of friends, which is not something we always see on the news or in books. Sometimes it's only the like, here's why they fight and don't get along parts of of the interfaith conversations. Yeah. And I and I really appreciated that there was no anxiety at all about like going to someone else's house and and they just happen to be faithful people. It doesn't actually tell you what the faith of the main character is. They they just go to their friend's house and yeah. celebrate yeah. stuff. And and it sort of kind of lives with this curiosity because um the the I assume it's a child who is the narrator of the story is kind of drawing through lines like, Oh, they like light. And I like light. And yeah. I like this story about Jesus. And it doesn't say the why or the how, and it's not with the same pressure that sometimes adults have when we're right. like, Oh, we need to fill the seats in this room. Like we want more people to come to this religion with commitment then. And um, so I love the idea that you can visit places and appreciate ritual, even if you're not going to necessarily join it or do mm -hmm. it forever, but that that's yeah. loving our neighbor is loving our neighbor. Yeah. Um, you might not even, them. you might not even like it when you go, you might think, mm, okay, but you can still say, ah, well, you know, I, um, I'm glad that I experienced it. And I respect the fact that my friend uh, gets meaning from it, but it's that's not my tradition, and that's okay. <laughs> that perfectly fine. Uh, just and I think kids, oftentimes kids are much more um, able to go into those spaces or accept um, these kinds of things than adults. When we get to be adults, we get more uptight. So maybe maybe as the children. Um, are able to go and, and share in these rituals that can take their adult people with them as well and teach and teach them about it too. Well, I have these, I have these memories of times when I visited you back when you were at First United Lutheran Church. Mm -hmm. um, and you would have these conversations with kids on this quilt on the <laughs> yeah. floor, right? Mm -hmm. And I remember it being such a different kind of paradigm because you would you would say today is the week where we celebrate Hanukkah or where we set where mm -hmm. people are doing these kinds of ideas what do you think about these ideas and you would have these conversations in front of all of the adults and and at first I think people were a little bit like aren't you supposed to teach them about Jesus mm -hmm. and make them cite things that Martin Luther wrote a long time ago mm -hmm. and you were just like nah, what do you think about faith and I and over the years, because you had had those conversations where you, it was like the first time I think I had seen a pastor that actually cared what the kids thought about faith in the oh. full community of faith. Oh dear. <laughs> right? That it, it, what I noticed then over the years is that as those kids grew up, they kept telling you about what they thought about faith. Oh yeah. As it changed. 
because they mm-hmm. knew you cared mm-hmm. about what was going on in that story. And it's so different than what what sometimes becomes the narrative is, oh, my pastor is going to be mad if I don't agree with them or think the same mm-hmm. thing. They generally yeah. just mm-hmm. wanted to encourage their faith. And they were all going to have communion later in the service. So like it was clear what kind of rituals they were centered in. Mm-hmm. But it just did not come from an anxiety space at all, yeah. but from a yeah. curiosity space. Mm-hmm. How, how have you in your own life nurtured your personal curiosity? Well, you know, curiosity is something I really had to maybe not develop, but own. I, I don't, I was not raised really to be a curious person. Um, you know, we never went out outside of our lane at all. And, and to go to another, I mean, even to go to a different church, for a Lutheran to go to a Catholic church or go to a Methodist church, I mean, that was very suspect. <laughs> um, but I, but really, it really was um, when I got involved with interfaith, really not of my own choice at all. There was a, a big celebration of Pan Am uh, exposition anniversary in Buffalo, New York, that was in 2001. And uh, there was a, an Episcopal priest um, who wanted to create a, an interfaith women's uh, group to do something in this. And I saw that and I thought, oh, okay, yeah, interesting, fine. Um, and then <laughs> I happened to be dean of that conference at the time for our Lutheran church. And the bishop told me that I needed to be part of <laughs> the group as his representative. So, okay, fine. So I started going and before you knew it, I, I got the bug and um, I just started loving it. Just started really getting into it. And of course that then brings up the curiosity of, hmm, what what do I do with that? What do I do with this person? What do I do with that? And and so it just became very interesting to start exploring all of that. And of course, then that led to my uh, book, the doctorate and the book, because it, it really was my own journey of how to be a Christian. What does it mean to be a faithful Christian in the midst of all of these other traditions and, and beliefs that... Um, because Christianity can be a very exclusive, exclusive uh, religion. And um, what do we do with some of those scripture texts that reinforce that? You know, Jesus is the only name by which we're saved. What do we do with that? So that became my curiosity to figure that out for myself. What do I do with that? And then try to help others to, to work with that as well. So, um, yeah, curiosity kicked in for sure when I was exposed to um, the interfaith world and just kept on, kept on going, <laughs> keep on going. But yeah. you're, you're someone who, when it comes to kind of interfaith connections and collaborations, um, is very uh, sort of open and interested and curious and then because you're a human being, not because you're originally from the East Coast, but because you're a human being, you, um, like all people, sometimes have to get grumpy. Oh, of course. Or fed up with the world, right? Mm-hmm. What do you do when you're completely depleted? When you're not able to be curious because you're so certain you're right? Right? 
Yeah. I mean, we all have moments. Like yeah, what, yeah. what what gets you out of that? Is there anything mm -hmm. that digs you out of that hole when it when it just becomes hard to see other points of view? Sure. Um, meditation. And I'm not always really, really super, super good at a regular practice of meditation, but I do know that when I do feel depleted or angry or sad or whatever is coming up that I'm just not able to talk myself out of um, to, to meditate. And I find that there are particular um, meditations that help for different, for different things. Um, so I, I, I have a really cool, uh, I don't have it, it is a meditation site called Insight Timer. And there are meditations on there from like every practice you can think of and um, for every situation you can think of. So the other night I was feeling just really grumpy <laughs> and went and found, um, found one that, that is called, I think it's called Soothe, it's something about, and I can't remember, I can't even remember what it is, but it was just very helpful. Like 10 minutes, 10 minutes. And just enough to, first of all, calm, get my breathing going in the right depth. You know, that I, when, when we get upset, we our breathing tends to get so shallow and my shoulders get all tense and, you know, everything else. So just to be able to get the breath going in a much um, healthier way and deeper and to do the meditation and after the meditation, um, you know, just to be quiet for a little while and just sort of, oh, breathe, just breathe and try not to let those other thoughts, actually the other thoughts don't even really, they might still be there. You know, I have to honor, we have to honor our emotions and what's going on. We don't try to cover it up or push it away uh, or numb it, which is often the temptation, at least for me, oh, I'll just watch TV, I'll binge watch something or, you know, I'll eat something. But no, instead of doing that to honor the emotion, but then try to soothe it, try to give it some comfort. And that, um, that helps me to, to do that. My brain can't do it. I can't do it on my own just by thinking that I need, I need that physical uh, breathing process. Um, and as well as a little bit of um, uh, silent meditation or like Zen emptying my mind that just doesn't work for me. I know it works for many people and that's wonderful, but it doesn't work for me. I need, I need a voice um, sort of helping me to get into more of that uh, place of acceptance and comfort and um, soothing, at least for that um, emotion. And then there are others. There are all kinds of, and of course there are other meditation apps too. So just find something that, that works, but that's what works. And, and the other thing is turn off the news. You know, I want to stay, I want to stay up to date. I read the paper in the morning and, um, and watch news in, in the evening, but sometimes like they just keep talking about the same thing <laughs> over and over and over and over again. And it just gets really, um, if not depressing, stressful too, anxiety producing. So turn it off as long as we keep up on what's happening, but we don't have to obsess um, and, and hear it over and over and over again, hear the same pundits saying the same, same thing, right? Turn it, turn it off. So anyway, that's my spiritual practice news. Turn it off. <laughs> turn it well, off. I like that because I've been hearing a lot of um, 
a lot of folk who talk about the way that like people are on such opposing sides of everything. Mm -hmm. The news is really always trying to say everything in the world is the world's biggest emergency. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's rising our stress and making it so hard to, to be in the world. Mm -hmm. And then at the same time, we have this internal voice that's like, Oh, but you could have not said that at a party and it would have been better. Right. (laughs) And so it's like, Mm -hmm. I like, I like that you have, um, you can turn off the voices that aren't working for you. And then what you do with the insight timer is turn on a voice that does work for you mm-hmm. until yeah. you kind of get back into the space where you need to be to yeah. be your full self in the world. Can I tell just a quick, quick story that yeah. I think relates. So um, you may or may not have seen this was, I don't know, maybe a couple of weeks ago now that on one of the news programs, news um, commentator programs, they had um, an interview with a rabbi and an imam who were um, working on peacemaking, especially on college campuses where they were going in and helping people to understand how a rabbi and an imam could actually be talking together and, and offering ways to think about, especially the current situation in maybe more helpful and peace building kinds of ways. Well, I was so impressed by this that I actually <laughs> emailed the person uh, whose show it, it was and said, you know what? Thank you. Thank you for doing this. And I just want to say that there are, there are um, interfaith councils and there are people who are doing this kind of work every single day of the year around the country and around the world. Can we hear more about this instead of just the doom and gloom all the time? Now, of course, they didn't answer me, at least yet. But I'm thinking that a spiritual practice actually is to keep, like when things like that happen, is really to let people know, let them know that this is what we want. We want to hear more of this kind of news because... It's happening. It's happening all over, but we just don't hear about it. And wouldn't that be wonderful for us? It's not a negating that stuff that's going on, but it's putting some balance into it as, as well. So that's my that's my story. Do you have any advice for how to do that when it's other human beings? Because like there are always, um, probably not in your congregation, but maybe in in other spheres of the world, there are people who only want to pick up the phone and call when something negative is happening Mm -hmm. uh, or who are only going to listen when you're complaining about something. Do you have, how do we, how do we help redirect those conversations when it's human beings? You got good ideas. Well, one, one thing is, you know, if I put some, if I post something or if I post a video on um, interfaith something, and I get some message telling me I'm going to hell, right? Or you're not a real Christian and you need to repent now and blah, blah, blah. Don't answer. Just don't respond. There's no point, you know, for your own blood pressure, just don't. Um, so that's that's number one. And if it's somebody doing it in person, I mean, it's a choice then. It kind of depends on your mood, your time, but either to say, well, you know, thank you. Thank you for your opinion. I appreciate hearing your opinion and move on. But you could, if you do have the time and the inclination to say, you know, hmm, 
uh, that's interesting. You want to talk more about that and, and talk about it because oftentimes it, you know, somebody will say, oh, I never thought about it that way. Okay. Or I can even say, yeah, I can kind of understand how you feel that way. Maybe I could have said that in a different way. You know, we need to learn how to talk to each other again. We just do. I think that's the number one thing these days. If we, I was just reading this quote from the Dalai Lama, how could, we can't create peace in the world till we have peace within ourselves. And, and if we have peace within ourselves, then maybe we can talk with other people that we don't even maybe agree with, but maybe we do you know, on some, maybe we can find one little, area of agreement that we can at least respect have a respectful conversation so that's i don't know if that answered the question but that's what i'm saying <laughs> well i'll take it and and let's let's leave this as an encouragement for everyone out there who's who's listening you don't have to like everybody you don't have to like every religious idea you don't have to like everything even in your own tradition nah Mm -mm. But just today, maybe tomorrow too, you decide, try to just like someone a little bit more than yesterday. Yeah. Not everything they do, that doesn't mean let them push you over and do stuff to you mm -hmm. that is harmful. But try to understand another person's perspective just a tad bit more today. And, and, under and understand that each and every person is going through something. Yeah. You know, have some compassion for them. Yeah. yeah. But no, you don't have to agree with everything you say. You don't even have to want to be around them. Right. <laughs> but have some compassion for whatever they're going through. Yeah. 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 If people want to reach out to you and connect more or, or um, you know, figure out your favorite insight timer, meditation, <laughs> what's the best way to reach out to you? Well, um, not necessarily reaching out, but my YouTube uh, channel is the Interfaith Pastor. So you can find that on, on YouTube. If you can't find it under Interfaith Pastor, just my name, you'll find it. Susan Strauss, S-T-R-O-U-S-E, not A-U-S-S, O-U-S-E. Um, and if you want to email uh, smstrauss at juno, J-U-N-O dot com, I'd be happy to answer your questions. But also know that if you're going to yell at me and call me a heretic and I'm not really Christian. I'm probably not going to respond. <laughs> but I hear you. <laughs> Thank you for taking the time to listen to today's podcast. I hope if you appreciated it, you will like and subscribe and do all of those things that people do when they are grateful for content that comes to you. If you are interested in helping to make sure more content like this is able to be in the world, please consider uh, joining on to my Patreon and, you know, giving and uh, providing loving support whenever you can. If you don't have a lot to give, that's cool too. Just know that you can check out my social media pages for encouragement and kindness and joy and whatever support I'm able to share any given week. And I hope it trickles down into your life and transforms into love and is useful for you. If you are interested in uh, checking out Pastor Susan's new book, there is a link 
around the description of however it was you acquired this book, or you could check out Wilga Fortis Press at wilgafortis.net. Wilga Fortis is a saint you should look up if you don't know why. Wilga Fortis would be the name of a press. All right, you made it all the way through to the end. I'm going to give you a special blessing. Um, may you be blessed with community that inspires you. May you be blessed with routine and ritual that helps you make it through every season. And may you be blessed with abundance that fills both your bank account and your heart. Amen. 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 Take care, everybody.